has nothing to do with Satan, Mama. It's me. Me. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. Satan is clever. Mama, I'm not the only one. Other people can do it. I read about it. Oh, you poor child, don't you know? He doesn't let you know he's working through you. Welcome to Troglodyte Horror and Cult Film Review Podcast. I am Loki Jesse. Today's guest is Ileana Jade from the Introverted Poets Podcast. And it's that time of the year. That time of the year where teenage hormones go crazy at the end of the school year. Especially for high school kids. That's right. I'm talking about prom season. We're kicking it off with the queen of the mob, Carrie from 1976. Again, my guest, Ileana Jade. Ileana, how are you doing today? Hello. I'm doing great. I'm enjoying my day because it's Mother's Day, so I get presents and to be treated like a queen today. Oh, yes. That's how ironic that 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 we start um, at the time of this recording that the it's <laughs> it have falls on Mother's Day. How ironic. But um, proms usually and do. Our girl here. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but and our girl heels got some mommy issues. <laughs> we all have mommy issues, especially my friend Norman. <laughs> oh no, no! Oh, the king of mommy issues. Oh wait, you were talking about Carrie, Carrie okay. White, and her mommy okay. issues. Yes. Oh, we'll get to that. But um, real fast. So um, prom season it's usually at the end of April or all of May. I think it depends on how the schools book the reception yeah but i want to say it's like the middle of april because sometimes i remember hearing some of the high schools like at the very beginning of like Mar- like march i already need to book my stuff for my hair and my nails or in february and i'm like whoa yeah so like they there's a lot of money in prom season and it for everybody makeup artists dresses reception hall people yes. food people I want to say it's by availability of reception hall and also small bands small like you know upcoming bands yeah. um get book for um or DJs. Yes. Like in Mean Girls. Oh cancel his creek playing, but I already paid the DJ. Oh that is so true. Yeah. I'm so behind my time because now it's all DJs and before they would get like out like local band garage bands to play at proms. Yeah, you're thinking of like old school scream and ten things I hate about you, and they had bands in those proms. Well, not just now. It's just some dude on an iPad, not just tearing the shit not down. Not just that, but um, that's oh god. Oh, um, what's it called? Oh, um, fuck. Oh, we should do this next year, or maybe like for the summer of love. Um, fuck. Oh, Valley Girl. Valley Girl is a prom movie, but it's a uh romantic comedy. But still, it's a prom movie, and it did have like you know a band. It's in eighties. Um, but oh wow, yeah, we're gonna do that eventually one day. One day, but Yay. today's film is Carrie, nineteen seventy six, the original one, directed by Brian Del Palma, starring Sissy Spacek as Carrie White, um, Laurie Pep- no, Pepper Laurie as Margaret White, a small supporting role for John Travolta in his introduction as Billy Nolan. We have the beautiful Nancy Allen as Chris, and we have Amy Erling as sue and wow i 
just saw this film last night. Well, I finished it last night. I started Friday night. Um, how long has it been since you've seen this film? Because I live real close to the blockbuster. Uh-huh. Um, I, cause I'm, I don't know how to explain this. I was just having this discussion with my book club friends yesterday. I was like, I just finished watching Jennifer's body for the first time. And everybody was like, wait, what? Yeah. How have you not seen these movies? And I was like, well, cause I, I don't know what it is about me that I just cannot sit down and watch a movie unless there's a message or unless I'm into that topic and obsessing with that yes. topic for the time. And there was a brief period where I had a blockbuster card and rentals were 99 cents. Oh, so I yes. Those are good days. Fuck it. I, I would go and be like, I'm going to go all the way in this genre. And then I'm going to go all the way in this genre. So it came to old school horror films. And for whatever reason, and I just noticed it this morning as I was reviewing the questions again, I only like old school Stephen King horror films. I do not gravitate to any of the new horror films out right now which is why when jennifer's body came out i'm like oh so y'all just want to see fucking megan fox kiss the girl like that's cool but yeah i'm not gonna watch that <laughs> it doesn't get my attention but yesterday i received a lot of spiritual downloads with that movie since i'm going through a spiritual awakening so that was i was like whoa like i, I wasn't because like i'm also a huge chicken shit but i love horror movies because i remember when i was a little girl in the 90s um Yes, guys, I'm old, <laughs> but kind of my uncle, my favorite uncle, may he rest in peace. And my aunt, they would always pick up all the cousins and we would watch horror films. He would let us watch Pumpkinhead, um, Dolls, like I mentioned the last time. And we would watch um, The Cat's Eye with a very young Drew Barrymore and her cat, the general, the general. Like Stephen King always has badass names for cat, like church. He names another one church for like Churchill. Yeah. And, and I think that's a cemetery. Yes, that is. And in the car, I remember that was my favorite movie as a kid. Like for a while with a VHS, I would always be watching Christine the car over and over again. And my mom would be like, this is messed up, but like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So then um, I was like in high school and I could drive. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to go and rent Carrie. And till this day, that very last scene at the very end gives me fucking nightmares when I think about it. I'm just like, oh, like, like that very last scene where you see her hand. Yes. Stick out from the rock. I'm like, ah! <laughs> but I'm like, good for her though. Like they had it coming. Oh <laughs> yes, yes they did. We'll get into that. And that's when you mentioned Jennifer's body because, and um, in the next episode after, well after the next our following our next episode, we're gonna be discussing General's body with um, with your partner in crime um, uh, Divine Harmony. Monroe, yeah, Miss Monroe, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, because there's like so much that you're gonna love about that. Because I'm gonna have like, well, I'm not gonna spoil the surprise, so it's gonna be fun. But today is um, today it's all about Carrie. Spoilers, Carrie White. So, uh, with that being said, if you have not seen Carrie, this is gonna be heavy spoilers coming up. Um, but um. Um, unless you've seen the uh, the 2013 remake or the 2001 uh, TV remake of Carrie, but so um, here is the plot summary and um, the plot details summary. Harry spoilers. So the film begins in a <laughs> in a high school locker high school girls locker room where Carrie White just um, experiences her first uh, period. 
So she is confused about this because she thinks he's dying. Uh, she goes to the other girls for help. And rather than helping her, they make fun of her and they tell her to plug it up and throw tampons at her. The coach, the high school girl's coach, um, comes in and stops the fuss what's going on and tries to calm Carrie down. In Carrie's outburst, she screams and all of a sudden there is an electrical failure and everybody just like shuts up. Um, the film then continues with um, Carrie being sent home by the principal who doesn't even say her name right. He keeps calling her Cassie. Again, Carrie uh, has an outburst where she screams that her name is Carrie, which causes the ashtray to flip over. When Carrie goes home, she is confronted by her mother, Margaret White, who is very religious. And when Carrie confronts her about not telling her about um, her period, normal things margaret gets very religious and sacred says that carrie now has the sinned and she has the curse forces her to pray and then shoves her in her closet for her to pray to god for forgiveness for bringing the curse of eve upon her uh, we next go to school where the coach is scolding all the girls that made fun of carrie and they all got detention after school, and they all have to fall in line, or else they're going, or else they cannot attend prom. One of the girls, Chris, played by the lovely Nancy Allen, um, rebels, and she rebels. She doesn't do it. She gets slapped by the coach, and then she vows vengeance on Carrie. Later that night, Chris um, convinces her boyfriend Billy to help her with her revenge on Carrie by giving him a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Billy is played by <laughs> Billy is played by a young John Travolta and they scheme, they go to a farm, they get pig's blood and they set it up where the blood will fall on Carrie because Carrie is attending the prom because Sue feeling guilty for what she did to Carrie convinces her boyfriend Tommy, that's his name, Tommy, to ask Carrie out. Tommy is very reluctant, but then he kind of agrees to. He sees the good that, that Sue is trying to do for Carrie to bring her out of her shell. Uh, Carrie eventually relents. When Carrie informs her mom that she's going to the prom, the mom, again, starts getting very religious and sacrilegious, starts blaming Carrie for bringing down the sin and it all leads to boys and sex and terrible things and Carrie shows her mom her powers, says things are going to change and prom night Carrie goes to the prom with Tom and they are having a very good time until the bucket of blood falls on Carrie and then mayhem ensues people laugh at her they literally bring up that phrase laughing at her and Carrie just goes crazy with her powers, killing everybody, electrocuting, fire burning. Carrie goes home. Oh, well, on her way home, she causes a car accident between Chris and Billy. They died in a fire, just like everybody else. Carrie goes home. She is confronted by her mother. Her mother uh, confesses that she should have killed Carrie when she was a baby. And she starts stabbing Carrie. Carrie, in self-defense, kills her mother, and in an outburst, the house comes tumbling down. Carrie dies while holding her mother, 
and the house just collapses on itself. Um, we then go back to the next day for Sue is recovering from all the traumatic events that happened to losing her boyfriend and all her friends and all the deaths. And uh, let's see. So the final scene of this movie is basically Sue visiting the lot of, of the former Carrie, Carrie's house, the residence where it's all burned down. There is a sign that says for sale, but on it, it's uh, Carrie White burns in hell. And as Sue drops down to leave some flowers, Carrie's hand comes out from the ground and um, turns out that was just a dream. And the film ends with uh, Sue screaming in horror. And that is Carrie. So let's get into this. So my first question on my um, outline here is, do you relate to this? Yeah, because for whatever reason, like I was that popular loner in high school, but (sighs) I had to deal with like a girl gang stock, like bullying me just because they told one of them that their boyfriend cheated on them. And it's the truth. Like it was the truth. Rather than confronting her boyfriend and being like, I hate you. She was like, no, I hate you for telling me the truth because you cause cognitive dissonance. I'm out for you. So she got like half of UISD against me oh, wow. and I was in another district. Yeah. So. Damn. That's one thing I forgot to mention, but high school is hell. It Yeah. Really and is. so they were like gang stalking me on MySpace. And it wasn't until I had to go, I had to pull a carry. I had to find one, the, the ringleader's address uh-huh. and was like, I will go to your house and ring the doorbell and whoop ass in front of your parents and then tell and then show your parents all the screenshots of you harassing me. So let's get it. And she was like two to three years older than me too. So I was like, Hey, I'm a minor. You're not. Let's go. Damn. Then they left. That was my version of burning the school down. <laughs> it's well, no, I kind of went a little John Wick. <laughs> that is true. But that is one thing I keep forgetting to mention that we live like almost all high schools are war zones and battlegrounds. It's like it's its own little political system. And the fact that we live in a border town and it's very like more up there. So it's like very territorial. I'm not saying that all high school, that all high schools are territorial, but I think just the emphasis that we live in a border town, it gets more territorial and more aggressive, don't you think? I mean, that's how I see it. That, oh, yeah. The adults do that, too. Like, for whatever reason, um, I work in education, and some of the adults act like they're still in high school, and it's like, no, no, no. You're not in school. The kids are. Like, you're here to teach them. Grow up. It's true because like some people just don't want to leave high school, and they take and I don't, they, yeah. they take the high school environment with them wherever they go, and you know, just some of them that stay in education, like literally, like still are that, that high school mentality. And everybody says it's a Laredo thing because I have a ton of friends that have left Laredo, and somehow, and like a ton of them left the state, and they're like, only in Laredo do people form cliques at work she's like everywhere else and this is from multiple people like guys and girls women and men they're like here it's either you you come to work and you know your stuff or you're, they're gonna move you and give it to somebody else it's not because you knew somebody and that's how you got the job here it's no 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 no. either you have these credentials and you're gonna do the job 
or you're gonna go because here in Laredo it doesn't matter if you're educated and you have all the credentials and you are the candidate it's who you know yeah and that's why our politics are the way they are so I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. yeah but that's very that's very high school to like the next level and yeah <laughs> I well I was an outcast too in high school so like but I um, I, I went to a, pr- a private school, but I was like the poor kid that was like, um, like the parents were making ends meet to get me there because they didn't want to put me in public school. But even there, they had its own system where it's like, it wasn't, it was like, you know, the, the, the haves and have nots, the people, the people with the money that were there, you know, had their own little clique and those, and some of them were like rejects from public school. And some of them were the ones that didn't want to follow the rules from another private school. So it's just, yeah, I did not fit in. Anywhere. And then they have their own like caste system amongst the rich. Like, oh, your new money? Gross. Oh, old yes, that is so true. <laughs> yeah. So even then it's like, oh, you, you struck oil and became rich that way? Mm, you're trash. Oh, you mean your family didn't come on the Mayflower? Um, mm. <laughs> oh god yes and then they're right and it's like dude what the fuck okay fine <laughs> so um going back to the film now so then why do you think everybody hated carrie because she it why did i mean it's like there was right there on the wall carrie white you know sucks cock or you know eats shit no it said carrie white eats shit and like what is it about? Like what? Dude, pe- do you, why do you think people hated her? Was it because of her mother, or seriously, like what made Carrie? What? Why did people hate her? I think she was just easy to pick on. Is what it was. Like she was just the scapegoat. Her mom scapegoated her ass all the time, and everybody else in high school just fucking did it too. I think that's what it was, and that's why one of the popular chicks kind of was like, "Wait a minute." That's not right. Because Carrie legit didn't do shit to anybody. She was just minding her own business. Didn't even fucking know what a period was. And then you have these girls that are a bunch of fucking hoes. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I, and I think that was that she was just this pure girl with no bad intentions that was just being abused at home. Because they don't know that. They didn't know that the mom was insanely abusive emotionally. Yes. Like that mom's a narcissist through and through she literally just kept carrie around just to fucking dog on her and destroy her like carrie had no self-esteem no boundaries like because she'd been abused and berated all her life by this lady who was just mad that like i guess the dad left walked out yeah. and i honestly like i honestly feel that it was just because it was she was the easiest one to pick on right yes that is that's true because again like and you know the alphas always go after the weakest one or yeah, like the leader of the pack, yeah. like you said, scapegoat. And there's another thing about that. So like you know, like Carrie's mom, like wow, like originally like um, uh, Piper Laurie, like she thought this was a comedy, so she was kind of playing it over the top, until the director, um, Brian Del Palma, told her like, no, this is a horror. Like you know, like bring it down a little bit, like bring it, like bring it down, but make it feel. Don't go that over the top because it's not harder. And, and she kind of balanced it out. But do you think she was the true villain of the film? Fuck. 
Like that's the question of having the hardest time. Cause you sent me these questions yes. days before and I've been going over them and I'm like, okay, I already, these are easy, but this one's kind of like a, this is your critical thinking one. This is the one where I'm the blues taxonomy. It's up there. I'm evaluating and analyzing. Like, <laughs> cause like, I was just thinking like, but cause like her mom was emotionally abusing her. That like, she didn't even tell her about, Hey, you're going to go through puberty. This might happen to you. Don't freak out. I go through it too. No big deal. Instead, the mom was just like, I hate being a woman. Therefore, I'm a, I, I hate my daughter. Like, I feel like the mom was just projecting all this fucking self-hate onto Carrie. And also, but a part of me feels like, what if she was just a fucking narcissist mom that was like, because of you, your dad fucking left me. Fuck you. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Now I have to fucking raise you and I can't live my life the way I want to. So I'm going to take out anything and everything on you because this child was destroyed. This child had no fucking sense of identity, super codependent. Like she had no boundaries. She couldn't stand up for herself until she started realizing in the library when she's like, oh shit, I have some power in me. I can make shit happen. I can maybe defend myself, but then it got taken to the whole wrong extreme because she had no fucking guidance. So a part of me feels like, yes, the mom is the true villain because had you just nurtured your child, senora, like she could have probably been like, fuck you and not not had to kill the entire goddamn school. You know what I'm saying? But she could have just gone after the bullies and been like, what the fuck, you want some? Yeah. So but instead, she had all this pent up anger from like God knows how long this lady started abusing her, and then added they she snapped. Yeah, she did snap. Now, one of the questions that I did send in you, I put, was she right? Now, well, let, let me clarify that for a bit. What I mean in was she right in the fact that they all were laughing at Carrie, but because of the prank so technically she was right but she was kind of wrong what do you think i just think she fucking snapped like honestly like after years and years of being kicked around and treated like the world's fucking tampon i too would have fucking snapped like she had a meltdown and was like see she turned into a Thurman. she see she saw red like yeah. Fuck you all. And like, I honestly feel like it was just, this is, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was it. No, no turning back from there. And that's why she got her mom too. Like, fuck you too. Like I just killed an entire school for laughing at me and treating me like shit. You too. Yeah. Cause why the fuck was that? Yeah. Cause like I remember when she gets home, I was like, Oh, okay. Finally, like finally this lady's going to be nice to her. And then she just fucking stabs her. And I'm like, okay, fuck this bitch. Kill everybody. Like with the mom, I was kind of like, yeah, this lady fucking deserved it 1000%. Because Lord knows how long she's been abusing you. But like, you can't, like even like degrading her for developing, like for growing up, essentially. Like, how are you going to blame somebody for something they can't control? Like, that lady was deranged and psychotic. There's a scene that they... That they filmed, but they left out of the movie. Uh, this deleted scene is basically about a young uh, Carrie who notices that her neighbor, the neighbor's daughter, was um, outside sunbathing in a bikini. And Carrie went up to, to just, you know, because she was a young child. So she just went up to that girl and just said, curious, he was talking to her. And Carrie's mom, Margaret, saw that. And she went and 
you know, scolded Carrie, but also scolded the the neighbor's daughter. And then she got in a big fight with the Nate with the mother, a huge fight, calling them, you know, like evil and sinful. And how dare you make your daughter wear, you know, that? And how dare like you know like your daughter influenced my child and and the next thing that happens in that scene was that after after um the carrie's mom margaret takes her inside the house like a whole bunch of stones start raining down on on carrie's house like like yeah like rocks like like a storm of rocks start uh, you know hitting carrie's house and that was like the first manifestation of carrie's powers but they deleted that scene in the in the film but like you know again like it was um I guess it was like too early to show well nothing's too early because they did show some of her powers in the beginning in the locker room but this scene kind of just like pinpoints like how long the mother has been um that um that crazy like religious she that crazy and it just goes to show that like when Carrie was standing up to her mother, it's just like the mother couldn't hack it because she's always the one that's been in charge. She's always been like the alpha bitch. And now she's getting like, you know, bitch smacked down and she can't have it. So she snaps too. Right? Yeah, but what I, would, what I wouldn't like, and I and like I always found this like, what the fuck, dude? I would kill my mom if she did that shit. Like not letting her shower alone. Like this child had no fucking privacy she had no right to be like, I am a human being. I have emotions. Like, there was no boundary. She enmeshed her ass into her child's life big time and didn't give a fuck about it. And then she was trying to overstep her boundaries with the neighbor and, like, how dare your daughter? And it's, like, the one with the fucking perverted mind is you. Because, like, at work, kids see a pretty person and they automatically assume it's pretty with being a kind and nice person. So they're always like, I want to go home with you because you're so beautiful. And it's, like, there's nothing wrong with that. They just think that I'm beautiful all the time. Therefore, like, beautiful home, beautiful life. Yeah. You know? And then there goes this envious, abusive, deranged, narcissistic lady who God knows what's wrong with her, aside from a personality disorder. And it's like, fuck you. Like, she's so shame-based. And then she shames Carrie, which is why Carrie's just, like, just will not stand up for herself. Yeah, because, like, do you see her, like, like, she obviously walks with, like, with a hunch, you know, like, head down, hunch. Like, has the hair covering her eyes. They want to, yeah. That's how abusive people want their victim to just never stand up to themselves to, like, degrade any, like, anything. It's to destroy that person completely. And to never hold their heads and up high. And that's in there. Yeah, and I think that's, that's why Carrie was like, fuck all y'all, y'all are going to die. Like, my mom treats me worse than you all. <laughs> y'all did. Yes, and... And this effect, and it's kind of weird that the their the mother's occupation, sort well aside from going door to door, but like her occupation was sewing. So and you could just you know like you just think that like the clothes that she's sewing is very conservative for other people. What what people should wear, in her eyes, because again like you know she's very you know religious uh, a zealot and zealot whatever however the word is said but like you know it's it's one of those she is one of those people that is like very like everything to sin like even take there are some people that say that taking a shit is a sin 
I heard about that. Like, I was just thinking about Family Guy where, like, Peter was going to buy potty training books yeah. for Stewie. And it's like that you're a naughty child with a concentrated evil coming out the back of you. Yes. <laughs> or there's people that, like, will not vaccinate their children because it's like, hey, it's up to God if he wants to live or not. And it's like. <laughs> that is, like. Okay. It's, it's so like I'm not here to be like stupid anti-vaxxer. Like no, I'm not. I'm not like that. That's not my. That's not my fucking choice. Yeah. Like it, you, good for you if you want to vaccinate or not vaccinate. That's your business. But like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are like, hey, if God wants this kid to live, God's gonna let this kid to live. I'm not gonna give him medicine. It's kind of like, whoa, that's like extreme. Like not just with vaccines, like with medicines too. Like. Oh, the kid's got allergies. Just give him Benadryl. No, that's for God to decide. Yes, and it's not. Okay. It's not. It's not just medicine. It's like you know, like every little thing, like, like oh, like you know, your eyes, like, yeah. you know, like you you drop your food. Oh, and then that means that God doesn't want you to eat or something. It's like insane. So before, yeah, even though it's like no, he's just a kid, and they don't have control of their finer, gross motor skills. Yeah, they're gonna drop things. <laughs> so another thing. Um, so sticking on with Carrie's mom, it's like mm-hmm. she kind of hints what made it. Well, first of all, I do have to say this before we go any further. Have you read the book? No, I have not read any Stephen King books because those books give me fuck fucking nightmares like not the movies the books do because there's far more detail into it yeah like i was trying oh, trying to read by stephen king and then i was like no, no i'm gonna stick with dean coons because <laughs> it's not as scary not to dog on dean coons i love dean coons my favorite dean coons book is tiktok but no i have not read any of those stephen king books because i try to read um what the fuck was i trying to read that it involved a like, fucking mist in a forest and then i was just like i can't do this because my uncle he's always had every stephen king book that comes out xavier has it he's got like buckets and tins of stephen king books like he read all the tower series like like it was like the sunday times like nothing oh, wow. and so yeah so i would try to read his stephen king books and i i would just be like i'm scared like i got scared trying to read it <laughs> Um, I got scared trying to read something like it calls something about something it calls in the night or something like that. Something about a night calling. Oh, okay. I tried reading that and that scared the shit out of me. And then when I saw my mom, like, I can't read these books either. They're too scary. Like, I would just get her Dean Coons book. <laughs> but now I want to because right now I'm going through my Agatha Christie phase where I want to read everything by Poirot. Yeah. But after that, I was like. I sh- I've been wanting to get a Stephen King book, but nothing that's new. And I think I am going to choose Carrie or Christine the Car or um, The Shining. So um, I have, uh, I have, yeah. So, so, so I did read the book Carrie um, earlier last year. I think it was sometime last year I read it, or maybe it was this year. I forgot when I read it, but I it does give a little backstory to. Well, obviously, it does give backstories to, like, every little detail. But so the film kind of, like, changes the outcome of Carrie's parents. So the film kind of just says that, like, that Carrie's dad ran off with some other woman. And that was it. In the book, it was more in a sense where the father died. Like, they were both um, part of a religious group. 
not a cult, but just like you know, they had very strong religious upbringings, and um, mm-hmm. they did have premarital sex. And then when Carrie was conceived, it was when the father was drunk, and they ended. The father ended up dying in an accident. I forgot what kind of accident it was, but they got like a substantial amount of money where they were able to. Um, uh, like you know, like the the insurance money was able to like cover them for a bit of a while, so they didn't really have to go poor. But Carrie's mom like has always been very religious from the book. Like in the books, she was very religious, and the film kind of well, you know, the, the adaptation of the film, you know, because like films are very like visual, so like you have to have like fast pace, fast pace. Because you don't want to lose your audience. So they just kind of like summarize some things of Carrie's uh, father. Because like the, the film just very left it open that Carrie's father is still out there. And that's why we got Carrie to the yeah. rage. Which we'll get into that some other day. But this film, I just feel that the mother, there was, the, the mother was just a bitch from the very beginning. And I mean that from the from the from her upbringing, she just like she she was just terrible. That's what I'm trying to get at. What do you think? Do you think the mom was always terrible? Yes. <laughs> like it just came so natural to be such a terrible mom, and then she was just when Carrie was putting some boundaries of like, no, I am gonna go to the prom. No, I'm gonna wear what I want, kind of a deal, because it should be like your dirty pillows and da da da. It's like, well. You genetically gave them to me. How are you gonna hate me for that? I did. I did like that. You grew. You have them too. How are you mad? Like with, mm, this woman was just projecting everything onto this poor child. I did like that when uh, when Carrie um, showed the uh, the mother her powers, and then made the statement that things are gonna change around here. I'm going, Mama. And things are gonna change around here. Which that's Satan's power. It's nothing to do with Satan, Mama. It's me. That was like very like Yeah, but then what what happened? The mom just increased the ante of like, oh, you're gonna try to like typical narcissist, you're you're not you tell me no, fuck you. I'm gonna find a way to get that. Yes, you're gonna pay for saying no to me. Yeah. And I honestly I never that's that's what it is. I never really um put narcissism with the mother but wow i just thought she was crazy but uh now we can have crazy no she's a fucking mom because <laughs> she probably feels like i gave up my youth to raise you and now look at you being beautiful without a fucking care in the world fuck you yes i, I could see that there now moving from the mom moving from margaret um let's talk about carrie's classmates uh let's go with sue do you think Sue was being genuine? That she genuinely felt sorry? Yes, I do. Yes, because she was like, because she even talks to um, Chris and it's like, have it like, doesn't she try to talk him down? Like, isn't she like, hey, we're, we've already fucked with this girl enough already. And I already, like, we already lost prom and it's our senior year. And, it, and back then, that shit was like, they didn't have social media. Yeah. Like, you know, it was, it was a big fucking deal. You wanted those memories. 
That is- and so, like, you know, I think that she really did fucking learn her lesson. And she tried being kind to her and befriending her. But I think so, I think Carrie was just like, everybody's a suspect. I don't trust none of y'all anymore. I, I feel, like, I do feel that she was being genuine. But if she, I feel that she should have, like, gone against the tide and befriended Carrie, not send her boyfriend. Don't you think? I mean, it's like, yes, she felt sorry, but, like, she didn't feel sorry enough to actually go up up to her and apologize. Like, <laughs> don't you think? I mean, That's true. I mean, like, why couldn't she, like, like go sit with her in lunch and eat or with, to study? Like, why? Like, she, like, like, she had a good idea, but I feel that she went about it the wrong way. Am I just thinking too much into this? Maybe she had that idea of one of these days this girl's going to kill everybody. <laughs> and I wanted to remember I was like, her so she doesn't fucking kill me. You know, now that you say that, this this was a time, this, there was a time where, oh God, this is very good. This is going to be very controversial. But it, it is so true. There was a time where, um, there wasn't any like school shootings or anything in the seventies. Like if there was, I, mean, I don't know. Like I mean, I, and they, they might have kept a lot of the press. Well, the only big one, the only big one before Columbine was that UT the guy in Austin in UT where yeah. he locked himself up in the tower. That was the only big one, at least in Texas. Uh, and then afterwards, that? That, I think that was in the sixties or the seventies. Oh. I'm not too sure where Carrie was in this timeline. But I know it was UT Austin on the tower, and that's why nobody's allowed up there anymore. Well, and then, um, then it then it was Columbine. It, well, Carrie was um, so like Carrie was a set in the seventies. So the book, the way the book did it was <laughs> that it was basically told through through um, newspaper clippings and reports and stuff. So everybody's kind of saying like the backstory of the of the film. Because there's some oh, there's some okay. parts in the book where it's just like this extract was taken from 1984 and blah 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 and oh. so it was kind of like because the movie is from Sue's point of view kind of because then <laughs> the movie's told from like Sue's point of view right and like then she ends up in the mental hospital she's the one with a nightmare at the end well no she she's she's all PTSD. She's not in the mental hospital. She's like at home with her mom because the, the mom is planning to like, like, uh, move away from the area. Yeah, because you know, because it was all PTSD. Yes. But um, but uh, so it's like so like I said, the film is set in the seventies. Just the book was structured a different way. But all this is said like in the seventies, mm-hmm. and you know, you kind of pointed something out a while ago. There was a okay, so like there was no mm-hmm. social media. Proms were everything, like, like high school proms, junior proms. It was everything to the world. Like you know, it's like, it's like you know, you already have. My mom said junior prom was not a thing. That the only thing that was a prom, and she was a teenager in the eighties, was your senior prom. She's uh, like then, then the two thousands or late nineties, they don't con sus eighth grade proms and then she's like then when you were in elementary so they don't go to fifth grade proms she's like back in the day it was only senior prom or like the military ball or a formal or a black and white social if you were a debutante yeah but it's just weird and like you know not that many i noticed in some of my social media 
that there are very few parents that show their kids going to prom. Unless, well, because, you know, like, I'm, an, I'm 40 years old. I'm not going to follow a fucking teenager. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so wrong. I would fucking hope not. <laughs> That'd be so, you better not slap this guy. I'm just kidding. Men and women out like there who are adults. Me, seriously. Be adding kids you don't fucking know. Unless they're your, your family. I don't even think she knew there was such a thing. It's really hard to believe. In this day and age, a girl in high school wouldn't know something. Uh, facts. Well, she didn't. But I don't know why that should surprise us. I mean... Knowing that mother of hers. Collins, we can't interfere with people's beliefs. I know, I know. That's for the girls. Well, Carrie's always been their scapegoat, you know? So, Chris, let's talk about Chris. Again, played by Nancy Allen. She is so beautiful. Like, wow. I love Nancy Allen. Like, you know, Robocop. Um, she paved the way for the high school mean girl on film. I want to say she's the original Regina George. Yeah, she is. I, I gotta say, I mean, like, and she actually got her hands dirty. She wouldn't order people around. She she did the shit too. That's, she was active in this shit. That's we. I find it kind of weird. Oh, okay. Again, I, I'm trying not to compare the book to the film, but it's just like in the book, she was very. Like she was intim no, she was intimidating in the book, but like when it came to her relationship with her and Billy, um, again played by a young John Travolta, um, like she was very more dominating in the film than in the book, because like she was equal parts uh, dominating, but Billy was more in charge of of the shit. And he was more like that's true because uh, in that book, like he was more like 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 Billy. Basically, again, I'm I'm sorry if I'm comparing the book to the film too much, but Billy in the book had an out. Like he, it's like he like he was doing this shit for her, but he all but like it felt like he had an out, like just to like dump the bitch if things went wrong sideways. It's like he knew how to get out of it. And just like leave um Chris all hanging, but in the book he was very pussy whipped. <laughs> so, and that's a very cool thing about this film, because like this was um that's this is very female empowering in so many ways when you think about it. Yeah, because you got like uh because like like we were I'm sorry like we were saying earlier like this was the first film where like John Travolta like doesn't really say anything he's just there to be background basically he's just there to be the yes man yes yes i'm gonna go do what you tell me yeah all right I'm cool have to agree. and it's really just being a bitch and then it's sue and then it's carrie and then it's margaret so it's just the women yeah the women are pretty much in charge in this film and i think that's why people like it like some that's one oh God, there's like so many there's like so many reasons why people like this film like some called like some people refer to this as like the greatest known that scariest horror film of all time like over the exorcist or over the shining or like you know it, it has so many like um positives and of course there's so many like distract you know like you know negatives because like you know people point out like some things here and there or some people point out the faults of other stuff that we'll get to in a, in a few moments or well, later 
Um, we're getting there. But Billy was such a pushover in this film. <laughs> like, he was so easy to... He was so pushy with. Like, all he needed was a... Like, she's giving him a blowjob. And then he's all into it. And then right in, it's like, I hate Carrie White. And he's like, wait, what? It's like... <laughs> I don't know. That comes out of nowhere. Don't, did, did, yeah, did, that, that, that came that out was of nowhere? Random. I was like... It's like... But hey, I guess that's why women say that if you do fellatio, you can go get a man to rob a bank for you. <laughs> um, I, don't, um, I don't know, dude. It's just like... That kind of... It just kind of like turned me... It's it's weird. It, it it's just like a weird moment, like you know, like this guy's get like you know, like he's enjoying, he's enjoying it, and then all of a sudden, help me get Carrie White, or I forgot how she said it, but again, he was like, wait, what? And he did it in that John Travolta way. Wait, what? Um, in that Scientology John Travolta way, and, and 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 like yeah, like he wasn't completely emasculated because like he sadly you know like you know like he did try to assert himself by by slapping uh, Chris, but even then that's still like he it's like no matter how much he tried to like assert himself and be the man, like Chris still had more power over him, and it wasn't because of the of the bad she just. Just her whole demeanor, her whole like, like we're gonna get this bitch, like no matter what. Even though Carrie's literally like not doing anything. Anything, dude. Like she was just a poor girl. Like, and even oh god, even her other like the Norma played by the by the beautiful PJ Souls, like. Mm. Oh my god, like that girl was always wearing a cap throughout the whole film too. <laughs> yeah. That is so I mean it's cool, but it's just like only in the seventies could could uh could you wear a cap at a with a prom dress. <laughs> That's true. Nobody wants I wonder how Norma's mom took that. Anywho <laughs> Anywho, but oh my god, like when 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 Carrie showed up to the prom with Tommy, it was just very good for her, and she felt really coming out of her shell, like she really did. It's like you kind of don't want. It's like you. It's like, did you feel tempted to just stop the movie there? Did you like you know? I don't want to see what happens next. This is the end of the film. This is end. Or did you have to go on? Yes. I had to go on. Like, I have to know. I'm like, I, I need to see how this ends. Like, is Kate, like are they going to actually beat her? Is she finally going to show out? Is she going to get hers? Is she going to get retribution? What's going on here? Like, and it was all just Chris's jealousy. Like, she was just jealous that Carrie gets to go to the prom. And she doesn't. And I feel like that was kind of like divine justice. And if she would have, like, just stopped her shit there everybody would have been alive but she was just like nah i'm gonna keep fucking with her she did and boy did she get a terrible death oh she oh she burned like everybody else and that whole pig's blood thing i it's really 
memorable. Like, you know, it's like the scene that everybody remembers, the prom thing. Like, the whole pig split and she's just standing there, like, like, just, like, doing it. Like, nobody suspects it's her. She's just standing there and, like, getting after, you know, like, the doors just, like, the the effect the effects of like the like the not like the the violin strings when the doors just shut and when people yeah. try to come when people just like normally try to go out and then they they get stuck in there and then the principal gets electrocuted all oh, terrible yeah, they, 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 they all, well they all laughed at her <laughs> and that those are f- well the principal didn't really too much like wow you're not allowed to go to the prom and. And even the coach, I forgot what the, the lady's name was, but oh my god, the, even that bitch laughed at her. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, like Mo- they were mobbing her. They were like gang bullying her. They were gang stuff. It was ass. okay. So she has she felt that she was protecting Carrie by throwing out Sue because she thinks Sue's gonna do something bad, and she throws her out to protect Carrie. But yet she's laughing at her. What the fuck? Seriously, what the fuck? So was coaching on it now. So now coach is sus. Yes, it's so because it's like what the fuck, coach? Why would you throw her out and then not look out for the other ones that are banned? Like Jesus. And not just that, but like it's also like. And where was security in this? Like where the fuck was security? Well, this was the seventies. There was no, there was no need for security at the time. There was no need for security yet. Now these days, there's security before you walk in. When you walk out, there's metal detectors in between. Fuck, like walking into a high school is just like going to the airport now. (laughs) No. Yeah, you gotta take off. TSA is gonna scan you. No, no, before, before. (laughs) No, dude, seriously, before. Like you know, like before the security upped it in the airports, the security was more high in a high school. Now I think they're like in even ground. <laughs> you have to go through so much security to get in a high school, or in an in, 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 in an airport, or even just in any school, because like you know, it's it's not. They just need that body scanner. Like you know, like like you know, like high security is not just limited to high school. At airports now they do it in elementary, and <laughs> my god, like yeah, it's like so insane, dude. I mean, but like you know, like now you got to push a button to talk to the people in the office. Oh yeah, you got to show them your ID through there. Yeah, we're not gonna, they're not gonna open the door for you anymore. Like you have to push the button and you have to have an appointment with an ID. Then the security guard's gonna come and open the door for you. Take your like, it's it's a it's a process now. It's like you're running the DMV. Oh yes. <laughs> It is so true because I remember when. And then they ask you questions. Why are you pulling your kid out? Don't make it a habit. Well, it's two forty-five. Like, oh yeah, the office space oh, you interrogation too. I remember. So I went through elementary in the in the eighties, and I, everything was like so open. Like you know, I went to the you know like the. Yeah, playgrounds outside. Yeah, playgrounds outside. You know, we had some. We got scraped knees. Anybody could just. I'm like it, it's it's scary, but you know anybody can just walk in to a school. Or did, did you go to J.C. Martin or what? Because that's exactly what my mom said too. J.C. Martin had a really big park back in the day, and and she said how like 
anybody could just willy-nilly walk in in the middle of the recess. No, no, I, I went to um, Alma Pierce Elementary. So, like, anybody could just, like, ah. in it, and it was, like, you know, we had, like, we had two, we had a huge field. Like, now, now they build the school, not even the new school buildings in that field, but it was, like, a huge, like, like, field for we were playing, like, you know, like, kickball, softball, like, whatever. It was huge. We had basketball courts. It was, you know, it was, like, open area. <laughs> Again, and I keep saying this a lot, but yeah, now it's all, like, you know, like huge buildings, and you know, if you see, you, you can only see the sun through a window. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It's a prison. <laughs> prison. But oh my god, that that coach was such a bitch at the end. Like she, she kind of deserved it too for laughing at Carrie. I mean, because she was right there with for fucking bandwagon. She was yes, yeah, she was willing to go help Carrie. And defend Carrie and ask questions to Sue and Tommy about why Carrie's going to the prom. As he, he kicks Sue out of the building, but yet she she ends up laughing at her. Did Stephen King clarify that in the book by any chance? Or like is Coach not relevant? No, he clarifies that in the book. Oh, okay, because I was gonna be like, what the fuck, Coach, you bandwagoning bitch? Like, that's what you get. Yeah. Like <laughs> Basically, in the in the book, Carrie basically rampages throughout half of the town, destroying a lot of shit. And was like the film. Yeah, because like, how are you gonna just rage in the auditorium and then just walk like, okay, I'm calm now, go home, and you're like all zen and shit, and then mom stabs you and you lose your shit again. Like, how? Like, so damn. <laughs> so like roller coaster in the book. <laughs> again. Sorry if I'm comparing the book to the film too much. Or like, you know, mentioning it. So like in the book, basically, Carrie runs out of the auditorium of the gym. She runs out. And and then she comes back and does her thing. But she does it from the outside. So she's like looking through like the glass, the glass window of the door. And she's doing so much mm-hmm. to them. While everybody is trapped, while in the film, she's like, you know, the centerpiece of everything happening. And and basically, in the book, she goes home first, kills her mother, and then she slowly starts walking to the to the bar where uh, where yeah. um, her dad drank because he was going to destroy the place where. And that basically, Chris and Billy die at the end. Like you know, they're the last ones to die. But that's how the structure is in the book. The film they did the complete opposite. They, um, you know, they had they had Chris and Billy die in the car accident, in an explosion, and then the mother dies. So that basically the book Carrie dies because of the stab wound she got from the mom. Like you know, she dies slowly with, from blood loss, and that's how she dies. But in the in the film they wanted to give it more of a dramatic effect, which plays out pretty well, more better. I gotta say. Because it's kind of like the bitch can't win. <laughs> she can't. I mean, she gets shit on at school. She gets shit on at home. And she she didn't have an out. Literally. What do you think? Yeah, the only way out was to, it was to take everybody down with her. Yeah. Like, y'all, I'm out. And like, I hope she's getting her, I hope she's kicking their ass in the afterlife, too. <laughs> you gave me a whole life 
my friend, I'm going to give you an eternity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very dark of me. It is very. Well, no, it's cool. I think it's cool. But so. Well, it's because she really, she was like, honestly, a blameless victim. Because like, you know how a lot of victims are not necessarily victims. Like, I'm not like, I'm not victim shaming. Oh, shit. I just opened a can of worms yeah. there. Okay, so in the in the sense of bullying, there's this thing called victim precipitation. And it's when the bully becomes the victim and they're like, Well, she took away my crayons and hit me. And it's like, well, all week you've been breaking her crayons and taking it out of her cubby. No shit, she was gonna get tired and fucking do something back. That's victim precipitation. Yeah. Thank you. Would you like to go to the infirmary? Lie down for a while. I think Carrie can go home. Would you like a ride? We could call you a cab. I'm sure she can walk home. And Carrie, you're dismissed from gym for a week. Just take study hall instead, okay? We're all sorry about this incident, Cassie. It's Carrie! <laughs> Let's talk it. about the director, Brian Del Palma. Have you seen any of his films? Or, well, let me name some of his no, films. No, but can... I blame him for my disgust in recent horror films. <laughs> well, let me name like, some of his films and you can tell me if you've seen them or not. Let me just um, look up okay. his um, IMDb because there's just something. It's nothing bad, but just like the way his style can be. So, uh, okay. So let's go with um. He's okay. So there's one that I would like to do later down the line called Phantom of Paradise. He did this one before Carrie. In fact, in this Phantom of Paradise, Sissy Spacek was um the wardrobe uh, wardrobe assistant. I think. See you soon in wardrobe. So after Carrie, he did The Fury, Dress to Kill, Blowout. He did Scarface. Have you seen Scarface? I have never seen Scarface, to tell you right now. He, I've seen little bits and pieces. I don't remember, because my parents would never let me watch that one. Okay. Or The Godfather. They would never let me watch that one. I had to like watch Goodfellas and casino behind their back yeah. and it was because the h1 was giving now that you mentioned goodfellas i asked the co-worker yesterday because i made a goodfellas reference for the joe pesci reference and then i mentioned goodfellas and he has never seen it i mean he is a young not he, he's still like young in his 20s with a fast car and a mustang but how the fuck can he not see goodfellas so but moving on <laughs> so brian de palma has also directed body double Wise Guys, The Untouchables, Casualties of War, Raising Cain, Carlitos Way. Have you seen that one? Okay. No, but I've had heard of Raising Cain. Okay. Mission Impossible, Snake Eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Femme Fatale, The Black Dahlia from 2006. With, um, I've seen the Black Dog. Johansson and I liked it. A lot of people fucking hated it, though. I saw the movie and then I read the book. The book focuses a lot on the boxing in the forties. 
And that was like how a lot of people would make money back then in California, not because they wanted to, it's because they had to fucking pay the bills and getting your ass kicked anymore for like 50 cents or whatever the fuck it was. And two of his um, later projects were um, Possession and Domino. Now, I bring up Del Palma for a reason, and that being of his style of... He's very... People had criticized his films as either being overly sexual or overly violent. And... (laughs) But the thing, the horror movies in the 70s, that's how they were. Because for whatever reason, don't judge me, the 70s was the golden age of pornography. And sex sells. So I think that's why, like... um, they did the horror movies the way they did. Like, if you look at the time that Dreaded Sundown, I don't know if that was before or no, after that Carrie. That's on my list. I really watch it only because I know all the history behind um, the town that Dreaded Sundown. Because I saw this documentary on the anatomy of an urban legend. Yeah. And I don't remember the Phantom. There you go. That's his the name. Phantom the Phantom is on there. Cropsy is on there. Candyman is on there and like they go behind the makings of it. And I love it because Texarkana goes all out and has a festival for that. But um, like in that movie, isn't there like a killing where like a girl and a guy are getting it on and he just shoots them through the window, like bam. And like that, when I saw that clip, I was like, whoa, that's fucking hardcore for a horror film. Are we sure we're watching horror or are we watching something else? Like it was very, very like, yeah, but I think that was just the style back then. It was because... Or, like, same thing with HBO. Like, HBO is, is notorious for putting fucking sex in their shit. Like, they were notorious for Taxi Cat Confessions, Sex in the City, Game of Thrones. Real like, sex. Game of Thrones got that, too. Like, tons of titties out in Game of Thrones. Yeah. No, see, Brian De Palma, well, the 70s was... It was just, like, a very... It, it became this new generation of cinema. It was when more independent independent filmmakers were sort of taking order over. They refer to it as this time. It's referred to as the new generation because it included Brian Del Palma, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, um, Martin Scorsese. It's like, and a lot of realism came about it. So, um, the six, like, you know, up until the sixties films were very, you know, so family friendly, sort of very like, leave it pleasant, very, very simple, very simple times. And like, you know, like there was no open endedness, like, you know, like just, you know, like good as, you know, literally black and white, you know, good as good. Good is good, bad is bad, you know, bad, bad people, you know, you know, bad people get it in the end. But the 70s really like, it was like a huge change. There was social injustice, politics, you know, we had, you know, people criticizing the wars. Yeah, we had the civil rights movement, the killing of John F. Kennedy, the killing of Martin Luther King. We had all these, like, we were losing, like, as a society, we were now not trusting our government. 
we were now not we were now starting to become very like cautious and guarded because then we also had the golden state killer running fucking loose oh yes in that time like he was out there doing his shit then we had the night stalker doing his shit we had uh the texas killing fields where girls were going missing and on of houston off of the i-45 and bodies being found left and right so like yes so this this whole like we're safe we can leave our doors unlocked we, our neighbors are friendly. The people that are nice are nice. We had no we had no concept of a serial killer. We Quantico wasn't out with their studies yet with the anatomy of a motive. Like that wasn't happening yet. So that's why like I feel art imitates life. So that's why film was changing that way. That's why we were now starting to see more slasher films because we were now uncovering that not everything is beautiful and perfect in our United States. Oh yes, and. and the cinematography was revealing that. And, wonder, and we also, uh, wait, did the NASA discovery, did it blow up by then or was that afterwards? I think, no, that was in the 80s. That was in the 80s. Yeah, because yeah, my mom said she remembers seeing that in school. Yeah. Like she was like, yeah, we, we did get sent home. Like Dave Chappelle wasn't lying. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So uh, that's why my generation's very fucking desensitized because we saw 9-11 we were like, oh shit, how many times were they fucking replaying that? Oh, yeah. That's why when they're like, somebody got assassinated, we're like, okay. But back then, it, it was shocking. It was like, holy cow. Like, it's not all plugging and rainbows under, like, it's not all follow the Olympic road and it's beautiful. No, it was like, follow the Olympic road and holy shit, we're in a nightmare. Like, not everything's perfect. Yeah. And I think that's why I like Brian Del Palma. Like, he, I don't know what it is about his style of making Carrie that I really liked and also the Black Dahlia. Like I like his his range of like style. Another one of the another director I forgot to mention, and I'm sorry, and I'm probably gonna get hate more for it, but Toby Hooper with Texas Chainsaw. Because again, I they these I love these movies. directors really reflected the time of the era. Especially, um, yeah, uh, forgot his name of counterculture oh. and what's uh, going on because pornography was a super like no no, like how like ew, you're disgusting, you're gross. It was like a subculture. And, and the, the Exorcist with uh Franklin Peter William Franklin, I fucking forgot his name, but anyway, like, all, like, cause like seriously, like every like there was a time in the sixties, like in the fifties, up until the sixties, maybe it still happens or not. But like you know, like people would be at home for a home cooked meal for dinner. That would get off work. You know, you have family meals. You have you, you, nobody worked on Sundays. There was family time. Very madman. Everybody was very religious. You know, blah blah blah. And then, boom, seventies hit. You know, kid. You know, kids have always rebelled. Against, yeah, kids have always rebelled against their parents, but it was more you know, out there in the seventies and, you know, like film, a film like Carrie, very, very, Carrie, very, <laughs> I can't say that without, without, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, seashells by the seashells, but Carrie also reflected in that yeah. because, you know, it's a, it's a child, it's a daughter rebelling against the mother. And there was, you know, parent side. That's, um, uh, for those who don't know, a parent side is when like the child kills the the, the parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Femicide. Femicide. Side, no, yeah. yeah. God, there's like so many sides. <laughs> Seriously, there's femicide. I should know this because I'm a criminal justice minor. <laughs> but it's like like. But it's femicide. There's a specific name. I think it's patris, a much mattress 
side when it's on a mother and so there's like a specific name for a mother and a specific name for a father siblings and stuff like that there's there's yeah. specifics like there's science well, <laughs> one thing that i feel weird about, like i do love i do love like um the palmas films but it's just like he and i'm pretty and i'm pretty sure there was a reason for it and we'll get to it but just the fact mm-hmm. that he, he lingered on too much on Susie SpaceX's nude body before, you know, she got her period. I mean, that whole thing yeah. about... The f- about the oversexualization. Yes. Jackie and I were watching the beginning of Carrie. And she was like, why are we spending so much time in the fucking locker room? Like, speed it up. Like, yes. Did, did. Like, she was super, like... She was like she. Me and her were both kind of like, yeah. Like in high school, I didn't think much about it because it was my first time seeing it. But now, when I saw it with these questions to answer, I was like, wait a minute, why are we so much in the goddamn locker room here with these women? Like, why aren't we focusing on the others when it's scary and this bloody shit show that's gonna go down? We need to focus on. You know, I get the fact that he's trying to show that, like, oh, like you know, she's innocent. Like, you know, still young and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, um, yeah, you're. There's other bodies he was focusing on. Yeah, like, you know, you're focusing too much. And, and they, that, that's because they, they, they didn't even show like Bush, you know, because this was the 70s, of course. But it was, like, it was like too much. Like, that's one thing that the remake kind of avoided. They didn't really put, um, of course, you know, because Chloe Grace. Uh, was like only 16 so you know obviously you know they, they couldn't do that but it's just like that i went also like sissy spacek was like you know close to her 30s well late 20s but it just link and even even when okay i get when she's covered with blood and she's cleaning herself i get that but the beginning it was just like a little too long and that's not the first time he's done that because if you see, um, and, and and it's on HBO Max, if you see Brian Del Palma's Dress to Kill, it opens with another shower scene. And again, he lingers too long in the female nude body. And, you know, like, you know, like, I like the female nude body as much as anyone, but it's a little too long. It's kind of too... There's time and place, and I want to see slasher, slasher, kill, kill. Not right now. <laughs> no, and and okay, it's just like what what we uh we should do that soon, like one day, uh, dress to kill, because it's like because like one thing, they'll. I already wrote it down because I'm gonna finish watching Carrie. Like now, I'm like because being a mom, I didn't have time. Like I barely finished watching Jennifer's body because when I went to go drop off Jackie I literally only had like 20 minutes left of the film and I was like fuck I'm invested because I pissed her off because I figured out the movie halfway through I was like oh okay now I know what happened and she was just like shut up watch the movie (laughs) and so I was like fine fine that's why I don't watch movies because I figure out what's going on and but Carrie I saw it at the time where I wasn't this good at picking up little clues so which is why I enjoyed it same thing with Forrest Gump like I wasn't able to figure out the plot right away like one of my ex-boyfriends like pissed him off because I figured out Interstellar <laughs> 15 minutes into the film 
I cannot believe you never saw Interstellar. You have to watch it. So he sat me down and made me watch. And I'm like, ah, let me guess. Murph's going to end up blah, 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 blah. And he was like, hey. <laughs> Book club, too. They hate me when we do these detective books. And I'm, out, and I'm like, oh, okay, I already know who's the killer by the first chapter. And they're like, fuck you. And I'm like, have you? Well, so that's why. Have you read? Um, for Jennifer's bio. For um, have you all read um, Agatha Christie's and then there were none? No, no. I'm the one that after we did Death on the Nile, I was like, because uh, I have the movie Murder on the Orient Express. But then once I found out that there's a book to it first, I was I've had this movie for like three, four years on DVD, the remake. Felipe gave it to me as a gift. But it's just like, uh, now I want to read the fucking book. And since we read Death on the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express is before that. So I'm like, I have to read this fucking book now. And I have and I have the audiobook, I have the PDF, I have the paperback. So I'm like, I just I just haven't had time because we're doing end of the school year stuff. Yeah. So I don't have time to hear it at all either. Because most of the time I'd be like making copies, listening to the audiobooks or whatever. I'm the one that's going through a Poirot phase and Agatha Christie phase. Right now we're doing um, If Eels Could Talk. And I don't know what else. We're doing two books, but I'm like, I'm only going to be able to do one. But yeah, I'm the one that's all like, I want to do Agatha Christie, but because of Doctor Who, I have this special Agatha. thing with Agatha Christie. Agatha. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's cool. Well, when you all get to, when you read um, And Then There Were None, I would like to see if you figured out who the kidder was. On that one because i know that she likes to write out her characters first and then pick on the least likely suspect yeah but for death and denial like they got pissed off with me too because i was like no me chinga and i know that it was this person and this person and let me give you the motive why the motive was stated here and blah 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 blah, blah. and they were just like bitch <laughs> you watched too much snap and burn the piles i was like no, I am I am a psychology major with a master's degree in that and then with a criminal justice minor. Like analysis is my thing. So what do you did you say that? What do you take on Brian Del Palma's analysis of lingering too long on certain scenes? Like especially That's just the male view. Like have you heard that yeah. old cliche in Hollywood I think that's just because he's from that generation where they do that with May and Fox too in Transformers where yes. she's like fixing the fuck speaking of May and Fox when she's fixing the car what does he fucking do he stays there lingering on her body just look at admiring the female anatomy I think that's just because Brian Del Palma I'm not saying he's right or wrong I'm just saying he comes from that generation of film directors where we're gonna sexualize these women because sex sells. Because at that time when this movie came out, it was the golden age of pornography where now it's a little more hardcore and like, holy cow, there's like chingos a genre. It's not even a big deal. Yeah. But back then it was like, playboy, oh my gosh, how dare they? Hugh Hefner's the devil. Maybe he is or I don't fucking know about that. Where, wherever you fit in the ball system theory. And, um, like that's what it was like there's like a bunch of films that are considered like top tier pornography and i think that's what horror was trying to do because horror was just like it's like a new direction it took because back then it was the black and white suspense even the mexican ones like el viento my mom was telling me that there's this one movie from the 60s from the 40s i think it's called el viento lo sabe and it's like she's like it's nothing but a woman 
terrorizing people. And that's just like, till this day, that movie's still scary. Wow, and that one. had no sexual innuendos, nothing, nothing, nothing. And that was an old black and white horror film. Whereas these started taking up on sexual, like sexual, like free love. I think that's what it honestly boils down to. Yeah. Also, they, they really did take, but that's just my also, they did really take a lot of influence from um, uh, European cinema because, you know, obviously, like, you know. You yeah, and European cinema is, like, it's out there. Like, it is, like, I don't think I've seen anything super out there. Like, the movie, what's that movie? I, I can't remember the name. Melancholia. Oh. There you go. Where, like, okay, that's just moonbathing, naive, flat, fucking naked under the moon. Yeah. Like. I haven't seen anything like that. Like that that's also fucking European. But isn't the director European? Lars von Trier yes, or some shit yes, like that? Very, was, that? That was part of his uh, depression trilogy. Because it was an Antichrist, Melancholia, and Nymphomaniac. Yeah. So but that's a whole other story there. Yeah. But yes, like Yeah, like but European yeah. cinema, like in the sixties prior to that. Yeah. Europe, I don't I think it was in horror. European cinema in the sixties well, like just like in general. They have, you know, their images, like, well, except for uh, um, British TV, but, like, you know, when it came to, like, Italy, France, German, wh whatever, well, not Russia, because Russia was very um, strict um, and boundaries, but, you know, Italy, G France, and German cinema, they were, no, no, not German, maybe German, I don't know, and anyway, I guess I'm getting sidetracked, but their stories were very sexualized or explicit and you know with the blood and serialist you know like they have well obviously the, the whole genre is you know referred to as giallo and um we'll get to that um we'll get to that soon one day giallo cinema but you know all that like very like influence this you know the 70s style film and influence american uh, 70s films a lot and we, we still, some people try to, like, do it to this day, like, with X. X was very, um, you know, like, very, it kind of had, like, a Texas Chainsaw style to it. But it's okay. I liked it. I liked it, but, like, it's very, like, different. They, they try to, you know, go back to that old style of filming. But. Honestly, the horror films were to rely less on CGI and we're on the actor's capability, like when a stranger calls, it's just her being scared with her wide eyes. Same thing with the original Norman Bates. It's just fucking Norman and drag terrorizing his hotel guests. And it's honestly, it's the suspense. It's how our victim plays it, you know? And that's why like I stopped with Scream and I know what you did last summer. It's very few horror movies that are like after 2003 that I'm like, okay, I like this. Like it's it's after like the Scream franchise that I'm just kind of like, I don't gravitate towards new horror films. Well, yeah, that's true. But well, that's true because honestly, like. I like slashers. I'm sorry. No, the slashers are good. But like, you know, like after Scream, it's like, you know, they took the. They took the genie out of the bottle, and they, you can't put that genie back once, once you. And, and it's 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 funny how like like Wes Craven was the one that took the genie out of the bottle, and and three you know you know four decades you know like with House Last House on the Left, 
in the 70s and then Nightmare on Elm Street in the 80s and then Scream in the 90s. It's like he literally like turned the like he turned franchise, you know, he turned the genre upside down and just like, hey, the genie's out the bottle. Let's see what else we can do. Because like, it challenges people. And I love how meta it is. I love me a good meta film. Yeah. Like where we're breaking the fourth wall and stuff like that. Well, they weren't necessarily breaking the fourth wall, but they were very fucking self-aware. Yeah, it was like a wink and, and I like that shit. I like self-aware people. Yeah. And that's why I love the scary movie franchise because I love how they fucking parodied it, but there's still like some philosophical insights here and there. Oh, yeah. I totally get you. So... Um, as we come towards the end, and uh, what was your favorite part in Carrie? When she finally gets back at everybody, like, kill everyone, girl. You Good for you. Yeah, they just fucking deserve it. Like, I'm all Jessica Waters about that all. Good for her. Like, <laughs> my favorite part is when I'm like, yeah, they, they asked for it. Bring it. I, uh, mine is um, when she stood up to her mom. Well, when she... Yeah, stood up to her mom and showed her the powers and then said that things are going to change around here. I like that part. I, I, I know. I, I just like that. Like, things are going to change around here, mama. It was very... I liked it. I, that was my favorite part. And how would you... Overall, what's your final thoughts on Carrie? 10 out of 10, because, like, it scared the shit out of me. Wow, you broke the scale. most horror, like, I'm a chicken shit. Like, I'll have nightmares. Like, I'll, I'll have nightmares, but I'll, I'll still watch the fucking horror film just because I've been doing this since I was five, six years old. I've been watching Pumpkinhead and shit like that because it would always be the 13 nights of horror, and my aunt and uncle would always get popcorn. Like, it, it was always a big deal. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have nightmares and shit like that, but it was being around with my family and that's what brought us together. Because oh. my mom is scared of horror movies. She'll, she'll watch like a good psychological thriller. Like she'll take it to what lies beneath. And yeah, she'll stop there. Like Freddy Krueger. She, I don't think she's seen a movie of Freddy Krueger. The only reason why she's seen Freddy versus Jason was because when she was babysitting, her nephew would make her watch it. Like, I love this movie. Let's watch it again. Because I love how scared you get. <laughs> and so my mom would be like, fine. So that was the only movie I, I can honestly tell you she's seen. But um when a stranger calls, I don't think she's seen it. I don't think she's seen Candyman either. I think she, I want to say she's seen Carrie, but like even then, that's a maybe because she just doesn't like slasher films. That's her her younger sister that would take care of me. So that's me. <laughs> that's cool. And her and her daughter and all my cousins, we like horror movies. Like that's her, that's her shit. <laughs> awesome. Even though I'm the one that's going to get nightmares, you still watch it. I'll like, just tell my husband, you're going to have to sleep and hold me tonight. He's like, why were you watching scary movies again? I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love it. I did the 10 out of 10 because she gets the revenge and you're like, yeah, you get it. But at the end, it's still a fucking horror film. Like at the end when her hand sticks out. So I'm like, ah! I, I honestly, I think that that, that, that that cross of Jesus with the glowing eyes was more scarier. <laughs> That's yes, because this woman religiously brainwashed. Yeah, and she did it to herself. I feel like she did it to herself. I don't think she had some cult go to her and be like, "This is what you need to do." You're no, I think she was just like, "My man left me. I have nothing else. I'm gonna religiously brainwash myself." So, <laughs> and it happens. It happens. It, it it really does happen out there in the world. Oh well. 
So, mm-hmm. as we end things for this episode, do you have any shout outs or plugs you want to do? Um, yeah, I want to shout out In The Flex podcast, our local podcast. Uh, my friend Miguel Arizola and his buddy, I need to remember his name. But I've known Miguel since elementary and they have a bad, badass podcast. Like they interview cool people like um, the Selena impersonator, Sammy the House. They even have, um, I think, Jose Cervantes on there or one of the Cervantes dudes and me, I think Nick Whips too. They interview a bunch of locals here in Laredo. And I think that's cool. Also, um, to the Cherry Pop Drag Show, I think that's going to happen this weekend or next weekend. One of my friends, siblings, is coming out. I want to see that. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome sauce. <laughs> well, I like to sh- I like to plug in the <laughs> I like to plug the Interbreeders Poets podcast hosted by our very own Diana Jade here. And I'd like to give a shout. Here's thanks. I'd like to give a shout out and a um, a fellow uh, to my uh, convention cohorts, um, Eric Martinez and Nolan. I forgot his last name. I don't even have his thing. <laughs> had his thing already. No, but like you know, Eric owns Infinity uh, Apparel and Collectibles here in Laredo, Texas, and. Um, if you're in the area, it's right there on uh, By the Loop by Shadow Drive, like towards the end. He has a lot of like collectibles, statues. Well, he has some statues. He has a lot of Dragon Ball Z horror, horror related um, uh, figures and Funko Pops. Go check out his store. He's a very nice guy. And have, <laughs> and have him tell you about um, Wrestling Mask. He has a very good idea about Wrestling Mask. I'll, I'll tell you later that, about that. Um, do you have any recommendations? Yes. Uh, speaking of wrestling, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, 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 I have to plug in my boys from LWA, Lucha Maniacs, and also Five Star Wrestling at the VSR Arena. They have wrestling shows every Monday, and it's right behind Jet Bull on Gale. You can see Dill Dynamite. You can see... Ben Whistle, you can see a bunch of the kids there. Well, younger guys. I say that because I'm a lot older than them. But yeah, there's where they, they have awesome shows, Monday Night Wrestling in the warehouse at the VSR Arena. You can also see Denise Day, SJ Vega, you know, the Flyers, those are what we call the Luchadores. So yeah, you know that, speaking of wrestling, you can go check them out every Monday. Wrestling, well, now that we mentioned wrestling, um, this is, we're going to drop this before the before the it gets released not released um, let me find it i gotta oh here it is yes on the the 19th of tuesday okay so not this week so like so this episode is coming out this week next weekend so the next week no it's on thursday 19 thursday may 19th you um if you're in the yeah because the 16th on a, no the 16th on a monday yeah 16th monday 17th tuesday into yeah it's on the night yeah it's a thursday yes uh, you all could, uh, for all you Lucha fans out there, you all could meet uh, Zedo Medo. No, yeah, Zedo Medo. Am I saying it right? Uh, I'm terrible. It's from the fl- uh, Five Above Pro Wrestling. They're bringing in great Lucha sensation, Zedo Medo, also known as Penta Jr. But, you know, right now he's going by Zedo Medo. Medio. God, my Spanish is bad. 
Anyway, tickets are still available. Cero miedo. Cero miedo. Cero like zero miedo. fear. Cero miedo. Yes, tickets are still available Cero. At, um, Cero. at my friend's, um, well, at, at Eric's shop, you know, Infinity Apparel Collectibles. Tickets are 50 bucks and it's a meet and greet. You get to meet him. I mean, here in town, you cannot get his action figure. His action figure gets sold out so many times. And now's your chance to meet him. You get to meet him. You get to get your picture taken. You get an autograph. It's Cedo Medio, also known as Pentagon. Pent- Pentagon Jr., you know, great luchador, along with his wrestling brother, um, Ray Phoenix. Well, they're part of Lucha Brothers, but they have so much. So go check them out and get your tickets at Infinity Apparel and Collectibles. And if you didn't catch... Well, what? And if you didn't catch today's paper, we have our very own... Roxanne Perez on the front page. Oh yes, that is so true. Okay, I I hate that the WWE had to change her name, but you know they, they it's a, it's an IP thing. You know they they you know they they don't own Roxy. You know they don't own the name Roxy, and you know they they want to um you know they create their own stars because the WWE lives in their own bubble where it's like. You know, like you didn't exist before you were here. So this here, now you exist. And now you're Roxana Perez, right? That's your name? Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez, yes. Our very own Roxanne. Yeah, I think it's good, dude. It's going to be good. Like, it's going to be good. Sky's the limit for her. Oh, yeah. She's going to make history. Yo, watch. It's This is made for her. Yeah, it was um, Eric at his shop. He has like an autographed picture of her. So, like, you know, he promotes her, too. So, um, yeah. I love her. Nothing but good things. Nothing but good things. She's going to watch. She's going to put us on the map for the for positive. Nothing negative. Just watch. Oh, yeah. She's going to she's gonna crush it. Yes. She's <laughs> going to be the next NXT champion. Women's champion. She's going to be the next WWE women's champion. Just watch. She's going to. Take all the belts. Awesome songs. Yeah. She's going to, yeah. I hope they do that thing where, you know, back when the, when the Borders had the titles at WrestleMania 20, you know, where he had had Eddie representing Mexico and someone representing Canada, you know, they both, you know, embrace. I hope that happens again where we have, you know, we, we have Roxy representing Mexico. And we have a Canadian female star representing Canada. It would be so great if they do that again. Just like that, you know, hoping they could recreate magic like that. But um, as we come to a close for this episode, thank you, Ileana, for joining us today, talking about Carrie and Brian Del Palma and narcissism and all this other fun stuff. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody, our new and old listeners, for joining us today as we discuss horror and other fun things in general. So, thank you again, Ileana, Jay, for coming by and taking time to be with us. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to do a crossover. Awesome sauce. And remember out there... Oh, yes. At the time of this recording, it's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Oh, but if I had the rights, I would close this episode off with Mother 
tell your children not to walk my That's way. Oh god. Maybe maybe I could do the Guitar Hero theme. Maybe I could do the Roland uh, from the Cleveland shows doing mother. Oh <laughs> uh, well, what's yes? Reminds me of Guitar Hero. What? Reminds me of Guitar Hero when it first came out, and sending out an SOS where you have to really stretch your pinky to hit that orange button. <laughs> but I play piano, so I didn't have an, I didn't have that problem. I'd be like, boom! I can switch my hands octave to octave. I can't. I had a hard time when I would star power. I would play the six string. I would have a hard time like stretching my pinky just to get the. A chord. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I have my PlayStation Two. Now I want to go to Easy Pond and fucking find me a Guitar Hero. It's just go to. That's what I want to do for Mother's Day. Is fucking play Guitar Hero in my living room for PlayStation Two. <laughs> oh, I'm reliving the days. Uh, thank you, Indiana. You remember, everybody, love is love, horror is horror, and you know, be kind to each other and keep on shining. <laughs>